0: Today on the Tearsheet Podcast.
1: Um, when you want to place an order, you just um, you know text the number of the brand um, that you'd like to place an order from, and um, you know we have a combination of both AI and um, and uh, human uh, assisted customer service, and basically uh, you know the order is processed in uh, you know uh, just a couple text messages.
0: Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. The industry talks a lot about omnichannel payment experiences. Everyone wants to service the customer wherever he or she is. But what if that experience doesn't look much like an experience at all? A channel that's left pretty much unexplored is SMS. There's one company, Iris Nova, that's pioneered payment over text for its Dirty Lemon beverage brand. Customers pick up their phones, send an SMS to the brand, and order their products through a chat interface. Given how familiar SMS is to most people, there's little visible architecture around the customer journey. Iris Nova's founder and CEO, Zach Normandin, joins us on the podcast to talk about payments over text and why he thinks in the future, most big brands will have just a website and a phone number. We discuss the challenges of doing conversational commerce well and how he's positioning Iris Nova to be a future leader in food and beverage using SMS as a transaction channel. Zach Normandin is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast.
1: My name is Zach Normandin. I'm the CEO and founder of Iris Nova. And we're a technology-enabled distribution company. So uh, we started with uh, one brand in 2015 called Dirty Lemon, um, which is probably our most notable brand. We've expanded now um, to seven brands in the portfolio and we're using technology, um, you know, mainly a direct-to-consumer platform we developed. Um, but also uh, other alternative uh, methods of distribution for these brands um, to reach the modern consumer more effectively. Um, so we think that traditional beverage distribution is very antiquated, and we think that there's a better way to do it. So
0: one of the things um, I think our audience would appreciate hearing from you is sort of the, the payments experience um, that you sort of pioneered with the Dirty Lemon brand. Can you talk about what Iris Nova is doing there?
1: Yeah, of course. So, you know, when we launched in two thousand and fifteen we were really uh, focused on trying to figure out how to connect directly with the consumer. so I've been in food and beverage for over ten ten years now and I was always frustrated by um, the you know the the challenge of having to rely on um, basically approvals from buyers and um, uh, you know I, if I felt really far from the consumer even though we were uh, my, my company before this was another consumer brand. I um, mean, it's because we were overly relying on retail. Um, so in 2015, when we launched Dirty Lemon, we were trying to figure out a way to bypass that and just connect directly with the consumer, you know, build a relationship with them. Um, and I started exploring, uh, you know, different ways to do that. And, um, you know, I kept coming back to in my research, uh, you know, what was happening in Asia with WeChat and Line and, you know, some of the messaging platforms that were also being used as payment gateways. Um, And I thought that that was a really interesting, uh, you know, way for a brand to connect with a consumer, but also, um, you know, for a consumer to be able to purchase a product basically through direct communication with with the customer. Um, So we built a platform that was uh, uh, enabled by SMS, and it allowed us to communicate with our customers directly, um, process payments, and um, basically gather these insights that ultimately provide them with a much better experience. And now we're leveraging that same technology, not only for Dirty Lemon, but for all the brands in the portfolio.
0: So I, I know it's easier to visualize, but can you talk us, I guess, audibly through what what a customer would experience doing uh, submitting a payment over text?
1: Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's very simple, you know, uh, it's, it's all common language. So um, when you want to place an order, you just, um, you know, text the number of the brand um, that you'd like to place an order from. And, um, you know, we have a combination of both AI and um, and uh, human-assisted uh, customer service. And basically, uh, you know, the order is processed in, uh, you know, uh, just a couple text messages. Um, so our vision is that, you know, when you're on your last bottle of your favorite beverage, um, you know, we think that, uh, you know, we want consumers to, to pick up their phone um, and to text the brand and say, hey, send me more. Um, because we think that that's uh, you know, that's the way that consumers um, want to pur- purchase beverages. Um, typically, once a consumer falls in love with a with a beverage product, they just want to um, keep it stocked at their home or their workplace and and basically have ready access to that product. And buying beverage products in bulk from the grocery store, um, you know, that's uh, you know, it's a very inconvenient experience. Um, so we think delivery, specifically for beverages, is um, is definitely something that's going to be, um, you know, it's, it's growing already, but it's something uh, especially with, uh, you know, with uh, this kind of new expectation that consumers have around how they receive their food products, which is um, almost entirely or it's, you know, growing every year. Um, but, you know, it's expected to be the, you know, the primary way that we receive food products in the future. Um, is, you know, by going onto an app or a website or whatever it may be, and then actually placing the order and then having the product delivered to you. So we're building the infrastructure that supports that specifically in beverage right now. Um, but we're not opposed to using that same infrastructure for, you know, for uh, other categories as well. And I think one thing to note is that, you know, the reason why this all works seamlessly is because we do all the fulfillment and delivery as well so we have um warehouses in in most major cities and we're delivering um same day or next day to every uh, american consumer so the deliveries are coming extremely fast um if not um you know to your door the same day that you place an order um and you know all of that kind of contributes to what um what i know is a much better experience for consumers over what um you know what's currently available
0: so that's really interesting so do you I guess take from what, what you're saying, um, you don't see payment over tax as like a feature. It's really kind of core to your offering. And, and is that true? Uh,
1: yeah, it's one element of of what we do. Um, you know, I, I think the, you know, the, you know, SMS, uh, obviously and I'm sure you've, you've seen this over the last couple of years has become kind of a buzzword in marketing and, you know, brands are um, kind of trying to exploit the channel as as a way to, um, to sell more product. Um, but we've never used SMS as, as a channel in that way. Um, we've always had, it's always been available to customers as a tool. Um, you know, I think that logging into a website, you know, to, to place an order for something or even downloading an app and then having to remember your password, all that. Um, I just think that that's very inconvenient, especially when you, when you want to do something on the fly. And, um, you know, SMS enables that in a really frictionless way because it's, it's a communication platform that everyone uses. So you don't have to download anything to send a text message. Um, you know, it works on every single phone that's out there. You could order dirty lemon products with a flip phone if you wanted to. Hmm. Um, and you know, that makes the, the technology ubiquitous, um, and, uh, and also, yeah, and then, you know, just going back to the customer again, it just provides a value to the customer that um, is not being served currently. And then the value for the brands in our portfolio is that they're getting all of the customer data that they wouldn't receive with uh, Amazon. So right now, the only established platform to sell beverage products through for beverage companies is Amazon. So if you want to sell your products at scale to um, you know to customers around the U.S., you're going to sell through Amazon or you're gonna to try to do it yourself as a brand, which is um, a very inefficient use of time. So um, you know, what we're providing is the uh, the ability for brands to receive uh, or to provide the same service, if not better service than Amazon, uh, to their customers, um, and also uh, to collect more uh, more data on, on their customer behaviors and you know, who their customers are, which ultimately allows them to better serve uh, their customers.
0: So I guess in, in the wake of some of the work that you guys did, um, have other brands tried to use text um, for commerce?
1: Uh, to my knowledge, there are no other brands that are using uh, SMS as a commerce channel. Um, we were the first in 2015. and. Um, I think we maintain that position. If anything, you know, we're, we're bringing more brands on to use the same technology right. that we created. So um, yeah, we think in the future that every brand is going to have a, a website and a phone number. Um, so a website, you know, to look at pictures of products and um, you know, maybe watch videos, but then you know, we think that the majority of commerce is going to happen over messaging. And if you look again at other developed markets around the world, um, this is already um, you know, pretty standard and commonplace. Um, so consumers are 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 very, uh, you know, used to, um, you know, to messaging brands and 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 placing orders for products um, over messaging and, uh, yeah. So you know we're racing toward that reality um, in the U.S. Um, and um, we have a great proof of concept in Dirty Lemons for it and obviously, um, growing proof in in the other brands that are now utilizing the technology.
0: So I, I know you've you've mentioned this in, in the course of some of the other questioning that, we, that we've gone through, but like, can you unpack, I guess, what it would take for a brand to be successful, um, to embrace conversational commerce?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the, the first thing that is really important is that most, you know, I think when I, he- when I when I hear a lot of people that are outside of our network talking about conversational commerce, um, they view it as kind of like money that's left on the table. So, um, they view it as a channel that like, you know, so you have email, you have social media, and then they view SMS as kind of another branch of, of outreach to their customers. And, um, you know, we've never, we've never used SMS in that way. Um, you know, we've never sent outbound messages to our customers unless they place orders. And when they place an order, um, we are only sending them the tracking number, not sending them a promo that says like, you know, buy a case of something today and we'll, we'll, you know, you get 20% off or whatever. Um, so, you know, I think that that is the one misconception around conversational commerce as as a tool, um, you know, is that it's not money left on the table. It's actually a fundamental change in the way you interact with your customers and the way that you do business. Um, so being able to connect directly with any of your customers at any time is extremely valuable. And, um, you know, a way that we're, we're utilizing that is, you know, for example, we we have uh you know really started to focus on cross-selling so for example if you order a case of dirty lemon you're going to get um a can of one of our other beverages inside of your dirty lemon case for free mm. the marketing card that um you know that kind of gives a little bit of information about that brand and then um what we do is uh you know we'll reach out to customers um, you know at random and basically say hey, if you're willing to answer a few questions, we'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll send you something for free. So our outreach is always tied to something that um, continues to reward the consumer. Um, so, you know, just that access to the customer is extremely valuable and um, open rates on text messages are extremely high, but we never mass, you know, uh, message all of our customers just with, a, you know, an impersonal message. If we're sending a message to the customer, like I said, it's, It's either for a tracking number or it's to offer them something free, um, you know, uh, with the goal on our side to gather information about what the consumer thinks about a specific experience so that we can serve them better.
0: Got it. And and how much thought and time have you guys put into, I guess, creating the right voice or the tone that comes through in the messaging? How important
1: is that? Uh, Well, it was very important for the Dirty Lemon brand. And now that we have a lot of other brands that are using the technology, um, you know, it. it, uh, you know, it's it, it, it's evolving. Um, so some brands don't. You know, every brand has a different voice, or they should. And um, the way that we talk to the Dirty Lemon customer is probably not the way that we were going to talk to the Sanzo customer, which is another one of our brands, or um, the mina customer. So um, so that's something that we have to train our team for, and then we also adapt our. Um, you know, we have a, a pretty robust bot that handles a lot of um, common requests. So all that copy, um, you know, is is changed, uh, you know, by brand depending on you know, how they like to speak to their customers. Um, but I think we've gained a lot of insights into just how um, consumers interact over over text message. Um, and I think that that uh, that is something that um, you know every brand uh, you know needs to learn is you know how like how do your how do your consumers communicate and you know uh, you know the, the response that you're expecting might not be um, yeah, as clear as, uh, you know, you'd like it to be or whatever. So you have to, you have to kind of, you just have to understand what, um, you know, what the consumer is, uh, how the consumer wants to communicate. You know, some people don't, um, want to, you know, communicate at all over text message. So we need to know that. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm not, I'm not naive in that, you know, this is like a channel for everyone. Some people would prefer not to get text messages and, Um, you know, we have to be aware of that. So that's something that we can tag in the customer profile and say, you know, this customer does not want to be messaged at all, you know? Um, yeah, I think like, you know, the voice, the, the, the way that, um, the cadence of communication with a customer, um, knowing more about who they are individually ultimately allows us to serve them better. And then obviously pairing that, um, with very fast deliveries and, um, in a service that exceeds their expectations is, is our ultimate goal. Um, and, and I think that that builds really strong brands and a, a great foundation um, to grow a company.
0: That that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I just wanna go back to something you said in, in that answer. Um, you said not everybody obviously wants to transact over text. Can we talk about demographics? Like, are, are, are these typically younger users? Are, are younger generations more um, open, I guess, to transacting over text?
1: You know, when we launched Dirty Lemon, our intention was to target, you know, uh, I would say, older Gen Z or younger millennial consumers, I think what we found really quickly is that the majority of our customers were actually in the, um, you know, 30 to 50 year old range. Interesting. Um, we have Yeah. So, um, it was very interesting. And I think, you know, what we learned about, you know, with the dirty lemon consumer specifically is that, you know, it, you know, it's, it, it, you're typically a little bit later in life when you really start like uh, appreciating ingredients, and you know, you're starting to like you know, think about you know the things that you're putting in the body, in your body, and you know the impact that those ingredients have on the way that you look and the way that you feel. Um, so I think that um, yeah, while our intention was to target a younger consumer, it was actually much older. And I think you know that was 2015. I think now um, you know the technology is is ubiquitous. I mean, we have over 200,000. Um, consumers that are texting um, regularly and, you know, it, it, you know, it spans from, you know, young consumers, you know, I have a 13 year old daughter and she, she orders a specific type of dirty lemon all the time. Um, So, you know, that's one consumer. And then we have, you know, 50 or 60 year old consumers that are doing the exact same thing. So, you know, I think that eventually this will be ubiquitous. And I mean, you're seeing this in a lot of other industries as well. It's like, you know, I I called an airline the other, um, you know, a couple of weeks back and um, I was waiting on hold. And I got a message from, you know, it was like a hold message saying, um, you know, if you'd like to text us and handle this, uh, whatever your question is, you know, feel free, um, you know, enter your number and we'll send you a text right now. I mean, that's an airline, um, you know, hotels use text as, you know, their way to, um, you know, to uh, elevate the, the experience that a consumer um, has, you know, while they're in a room. So if they need fresh towels or whatever, you know, you can, you can text, uh, you know, the concierge and they'll bring it up. Um, so this is already happening in a lot of other industries. And, um, you know, I think that it's, um, it's bound to happen with food. Mm-hmm. And especially high velocity items like beverages that, you know, consumers are, are consuming or customers are consuming on, on a regular basis.
0: So I, I guess we have time for one more question. I, I'm curious, you also sell um, through retailers and I'm curious what the channel experiences, I guess, how, how they differ. And if um, strategically, mm-hmm. even if somebody comes in through a retailer, if, you, if you're trying to kind of converge them onto the, the text experience ultimately.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the goal with retail. So, you know, we, when we first launched you know, we were using Instagram and Facebook, Facebook, almost exclusively to, to communicate with our customers or I'm sorry, to uh, acquire customers rather, um, you know, that environment has changed dramatically over the last few years. And, um, you know, what we've found is that uh, retail is actually a great place to acquire customers profitably and um kind of help them fall in love with a new beverage product Um, and then after you know that happens the ideal situation is that um you know the customer is then going to you know go into google and you know google search um a brand that they've that they found in retail and we want um the brand's website to be um you know the first listing on google on google which it you know you know 99 of the time it is Um, and you know the customer ideally would click through to that website and then they would follow through with um with the checkout um and and placing an order for product and having it delivered to their home um so there is attribution through through uh traditional retail that we're seeing and um yeah and we look at retail now as as definitely a big part of our strategy it's it's um you know what's ironic is that we you know well what what was built with the intention of actually kind of um, pulling away from retail has actually become, um, you you know, uh, you know, that, that technology and those tools um, have actually become a way to almost elevate the retail experience. Um, So it's kind of come full circle. And, you know, to that end, we're launching dirty lemon in Walmart this year, which is a big, uh, a big move for the brand. And we have a bunch of other bigger retail partners that um, that will be picking up our brands relatively soon. Um, so those, you know, all those things, um, I think, you know, it, we, we've always said that we want to put the product in the places where our customers live, work and play. Um, you know, we have the, um, the living and working covered with direct to consumer, but we need to know where our customers are spending their time outside of those places. Um, And, you know, we were really impressed by Walmart's strategy, which is why we partner with them. Um, You know, I think more consumers, especially, um, you know, maybe on the weekends or whatever, they're going into stores and they're actually, you know, especially in middle America, they're, you know, they're spending their times, you know, stocking up on different things like in a physical location. And, um, you know, that's a place I think we can acquire customers. We've done the same with, you know, gyms and coffee shops and hospitality, uh, you know, partners, uh, different hotels and stuff like that. Um, And, you know, those are all great places that people are spending their time outside of um, work and home as well. So, so yeah, retail has become a a, a big part of the strategy. And the ultimate goal is to attribute sales back to retail um, on the direct side.
0: Zach, thanks so much for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today.
1: Of course. Thank you.